and your host, Nick Costos. Every single play of every single game impacts you in some way, shape, or form. It's You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. The magnificent football Monday edition of You Better You Bet rolls on. Nick Costos, Ken Barkley, and you here on the BetQL Network. 60 more minutes for us today with our friends at Stadium, and we'll spend those 60 minutes handicapping Week 15 in the National Football League, also reviewing what we saw yesterday, Week 14 NFL Sunday, and we'll have a conversation coming up in 20 minutes with our friend Drew Dinsick, the whale capper, batting analyst for our friends at NBC Sports. In 60 minutes, we won't be on Stadium anymore, but we'll have another hour of the show, which you can catch in myriad other places, including Twitch, twitch.tv backslash BetQL, where we'll give you all our bets coming up for tonight, NBA, National Hockey League, and a Monday Night Football doubleheader, both games starting concurrently, the Dolphins and the Titans in Miami, the Packers and the Giants in the Jersey Meadowlands. But that is for then. For now, we continue handicapping Week 15, and we move from the Saturday slate, and if you're just joining us right now and you missed um, us talking Thursday Night Football and the three Saturday games this week, just uh, search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts, and you will find all of those segments and all of our thoughts, analysis, and early bets. Ken, let's move to Sunday's action now with our guy. And Jake, bring the music up, please. Our guy, Joe Flacco. Is he elite? Yes. Are we hashtag wacko for Flacco? I always have been. I'm pretty sure Ken Barkley is now as well. Where Joe Flacco, probably like not a great commentary on quarterback play in the National Football League, where Joe Flacco like walks off his couch and is it's like the 20th best quarterback in the league, like immediately. Maybe better than that. Um, Joe Flacco named yesterday by Kevin Stefanski, the starter for the rest of the season for the Browns after he plays really well, and the Browns beat the Jacksonville Jaguars yesterday. And the Bears give them a lot of credit, riding a winning streak right now up to 5-8, and eight, and they'll pick first in the draft because the Panthers are absolutely atrocious. atrocious. Chicago uh, beats the Lions yesterday. Uh, Justin Fields doesn't necessarily play great in the game, but like good win for the Bears, not trying to take anything away from him. So Browns and the Bears on Sunday in Cleveland. The betting market, Ken, Browns in between a three and a three and a half point home favorite. The total is 38 and a half. Pen, pencil, blood, or blank. Flacco and the Browns, the Fields and the Bears. Yeah, I mean, a really a really fun game to try to figure out, uh, okay, like at, at varying points in the season, almost every single week, this spread could have been wildly different than this in both directions, where it's like, oh, well, you know, early on, Browns were like a, a 10, 11 win team. Deshaun's playing quarterback. The Bears stink like seven and a half, ten, you know, if they end up playing the Bears when the Bears are off to a really bad start. And now we're seeing almost one of the smallest versions of the difference between the teams because the Bears have played so well recently. How about this one, by the way? I can't believe this is true, and it's definitely true. Uh, Think about how we felt about Bears win total under and Packers win total over halfway through this season. And how we feel about both those bets right now, it's like the uh, at the end of like a college basketball game when they do the win probability chart, and it's like going a certain way, and then both lines completely cross over each other and go in opposite directions. It's like, man, like I'm cashing the Packers. I'm cashing like all the Packers stuff, I think. And now the Bears under, I'm like, really? Really this season? This is what's happening? They're like really good all of a sudden, or at least competent, or at least whatever. And now it's like a sweat. Like, it's pretty crazy that, that again, that's that's how long the season is. It's really long. Um, I think in terms of the spread of this game, uh, we'll talk about Flacco for a couple minutes too, maybe afterwards. Uh, 
I think I in my head, I thought it was going to be Cleveland minus three. That felt like the right number in the game to me and like didn't make me want to bet anything. And now like the Browns, it kind of like opens in that range and the Browns get bet a little bit out to three and a half in a couple places. It's not three and a half minus 110 yet. That would be the kind of decision point for me. And it's not that I would like have to bet the Bears in that situation, but that is where I would start thinking about betting the Bears, certainly with how they're playing right now against Flacco. And it's also worth noting like Miles Garrett, one tackle, no sacks again yesterday. Like the team had four sacks. He didn't have any of them. Not that he's a total non-factor. Like this is problematic for Cleveland playing at their absolute best is him, you know, not being as effective as he used to be. Like that's a big deal in a game like this. So, you know, he's playing, but like, is he? And uh, I don't know if I can get to three and a half with them as much as I, I'm not. I don't think the Bears are great. Uh, just like these teams feel a little closer than three and a half. So it just, I'm, it's not a guaranteed bet for me. It's just, that would be like a number where I would really start thinking about it in the game. I think at three, uh, I'm very happy to not bet the game. A uh, couple notes here, just off what you said about Miles Garrett. Did you happen to see what Miles Garrett said post game yesterday after the Browns, they won yesterday against the Jaguars and, uh, no, and Miles Garrett still kind of like he's, if you ever listen, he's like, I love listening to him talk. He's he's awesome um, in the way that he like 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 even when he's really critical, he's really really fun to listen to. He basically really nicely blasted officiating, blasted the officials in the game. Basically, like not only do I, meaning Miles Garrett, get held on every play, but I'm held to the point and like messed with to the point that if you looked at my shoulder, and this is his quote, not mine, it looked like it looks like I was like scratched by like a feral animal a bunch of times. Like my shoulders all like red and scratched up the, the way that I get blocked. He's got the Nikola Jokic <laughs> yeah. shoulders going. Yeah. Except, like, Garrett doesn't, like, fall as often as Jokic does. Like, on the yeah. ground as but, uh, often. But that's so funny, right? Because that's all the, that's the three candidates for defensive player of the year. All complain all the time about being held. All of them. And he like, referenced. Watt, the leagues he against referenced me. Watt yesterday. Yeah. He right. referenced him. He goes, like he even said, I don't want to be like Parsons Watt. Parsons in the game but... yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> right? Right. Right. They're, they're all the same. I mean, it's, I guess they're all too good. They're getting held on every single play because they're all too good. It just, like, I, I get it. If I was them, I mean, imagine you're them and like, you know, it's like in most games you either get like a sack or like two or zero. And like, yeah, you pressure the quarterback a lot, but like you only get a couple chances to make a splash play in the game. And if like on that play, you just get like clotheslined and you, no call is made. Yeah, it's got to be really frustrating. Do the same thing over and over again. And uh, the one time that you you think you're going to be successful, it gets taken away from you. I totally get that. But yeah, like I just, you know, like all three of these guys where it's just like, I'm getting held all the time. Parsons in the game yesterday and the Eagles did a great job in the game last night too. And Chris Collinsworth points it out, like the pirouettes that they did before they fell down, make sure they got the call from, from John Hussey and the officials Parsons trying to get calls obviously too. Um, but if he's going to, okay, well, if he's going to get held like this and they're not going to call it, then like, what's the damn difference then between that and him being hurt, I guess. Uh, just, are you being, are you effective? Yes or no. Right now the answer is kind of no the last couple of days. So yeah, it just, you know, I think they're more likely to win than the Bears. It's just, it's a three, three and a half kind of a conversation. Um, we do have um, an injury update on the Raiders-Chargers game on Thursday night. Josh Jacobs listed, uh, listed as a non-participant on the estimated practice today for the Raiders. So, look, I don't... I don't think he's going to play on Thursday, but not like a right. good start to Jacobs potentially playing. If there were a practice, Josh Jacobs would not have practiced today for the Las Vegas Raiders. Nick and Ken here on a Monday, talking Week 15 in the National Football League, focused right now on the Browns-Bears game. So this is an outdoor game in Cleveland in December, so weather will mm -hmm. be a conversation as we you know, move towards the game. 
I guess my thought is, um, if the point spread were three, like three one ten, which I don't think it will be, but if it were, I think I'd be interested in Cleveland. Three and a half, definitely no interest in Cleveland. Then I think you're right. Then it's like, is it Chicago? I think that's the decision if it's going to be three and a half. Let's talk about the total for a second. Even if, like, we're not going to have roaring wins, and, like, we'll see what it is. Maybe it's pristine. Right. Maybe it's fine. Maybe it's, like, unplayable. We'll see over the course of the week what this is going to be. With how well Chicago's defense has played, and I get it, like, Flacco has been really good. Bears defense has been really good. It's also the Browns defense now against Justin Fields. And the Bears have won back-to-back games. I have, like, no horse in the fight. I don't care. Like, I don't have, like, a vendetta against Justin Fields. It doesn't matter to me. Um, I don't—I just kind of, like, don't think he's that great. It's Fields on the road against a really good Browns defense that plays better at home, obviously, than they do on the road. And, like, to be fair, like, they gave a lot of points yesterday to the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence on, like, one ankle, basically. The total—I I know the first digit's a three— feels a little high to me, especially if, like, we get a little later in the week and there's going to be weather here. Like, I, I don't know, like, what the path is for both of these offenses to have a lot of success, especially if Denzel Ward's going to be back for Cleveland and they could stick him on DJ Moore and maybe it's not, like, a dominant DJ Moore performance. Yeah, you definitely could be right. Uh, it feels like the Browns' defense, which was once referred to by me uh, as, like, a potentially historic defensive unit, because they played like it the first uh, six, seven weeks of the season, hasn't quite been like that recently. So maybe that's part of what's baked into this number. Uh, the other thing, though, uh, potentially, this could be your angle, is that uh, we're not rating the Bears' defense properly because they're sort of a newcomer to this kind of a, a, a rating that, you know, they're, uh, they've are they been better the last few weeks than they have the rest of the season. Market may be a little slow to catch up to that fact. That would probably be your, your entry point to bet the under in the game. Yeah, let's like let's get the weather report, even like an early one in the next couple days, and and figure out if we want to. Uh, I, I would not bet the over in the game certainly without the Bears' defense is playing. And your point about Denzel Ward coming back, I think, is really good. So at the very least, it's a correct low total, I think. Um, and uh, and I, but I don't know if it makes me want to bet either side. Do you uh, do you want to talk about Flacco for a minute? Uh go ahead, because this was um, I'll give you the credit here. Ken, Ken texted me and like, this is now one of my favorite weekly traditions between you and I is you will text me like, hey, like, I'm thinking about this award and it immediately spurs me to send a couple text messages and get a ton of money down as much as I can on this particular award market. So tell us what you got here on Joe Flacco. This is really good stuff yeah. earlier today. Yeah, we'll see if it's really good stuff. I, I think I figured out something over the weekend and maybe Thursday's segment was probably a window into into my brain with this award that I think I, I think I'm like the Joker on comeback player of the like, I think I'm already the Joker on comeback player of the year. Just uh, just like have all of these players and like they didn't really materialize. This is going into yesterday's games and uh, DeMar Hamlin's a favorite. And he's keeps and he's not playing again on Sunday, and he's not going to play the rest of the season probably. And uh, and I'm just sitting there like I'm. I think I'm actually the Joker. I think I'm just I'm like triggered and like wish it would play out a certain way. And I'm nuts. And I'm like not. Th I'm not even know if I'm a rational thinker in this market anymore. So I watched the games yesterday and start to get this vibe like as the day goes on, especially through like the four o'clock games when everything's kind of done except for Cowboys Eagles. And I just go, All right, Hamlin didn't play. Jordan Poyer kind of got like banged up, but like or Michael Hyde rather got banged up. Like I think he's going to be okay, and like, but the point is, I, I think Hamlin's very likely to be inactive every game the rest of the season, which could matter. We'll see, uh, you know, because he's not doing anything and not playing, and recency bias is a pretty big deal with awards, and he will be a DNP. So, all right, like that's that part of it. Maybe that matters. Maybe it doesn't. And then I have all of these like what I've called half baked candidates the entire year. It's like all right, like Stafford and Cup, Baker Mayfield, like Russell Wilson. 
like all these guys at huge prices where it's like man like too bad they didn't materialize and then they like they all like crush yesterday like they like stafford doesn't win but he plays awesome and they have a very advantageous game this sunday against the the washington commanders so he's very likely to play well again and baker mayfield has this comeback win against atlanta and uh russell wilson wins and throws a touchdown or two and it's like man like did everyone crush and Odell Beckham from the start of the year, like who's going to be awesome? Not even listed anywhere for this award anymore, which is very funny to me. I actually think he would come in like third or fourth right now if he took a poll, depending on how many votes you think Hamlin would get. And he uh, might just like, nuke down the stretch, Ken. Like Beckham might go yeah. nuclear down the stretch. That's like my opinion. I'm going to have to get him relisted. I've had here's here's how long the season is. He got taken off the board. I had to have him relisted, and now he's off the board again. I'm going to have to get him relisted again. Like, it's just so damn long, the season. <laughs> so just like, uh, so all right, like the half-baked candidates are cooking a little bit, to continue that metaphor, analogy, whatever. And Hamlin's not playing. And then you throw an additional wrinkle into this, which is, is Joe Flacco, and I ask this as a question, honestly, because I'm the joker now, like I'm, I'm going to bet everybody, is Joe Flacco an interesting candidate and comeback player of the year? So he gets added to the two, uh, two like a couple domestic sports books overnight at 100 to 1 and uh and i stare at it and i just kind of think for a minute and i go okay um what do we have here uh okay like pros cons cons we'll do those first He's not not going to have played a lot of games at the end of the season going to have played in like six games seven games uh the rest of the season that's definitely a con uh another con the numbers won't be insanely even if he plays like he did yesterday it's not going to be like 350 and four every single week like that's not what it's going to be so the numbers aren't going to be great not going to play a lot of games. Like, all right, like, are, what are the pros here? Uh, I mean, the story that you would dream about in this market uh, if Lamar Hamlin wasn't a part of it. Guy, guy was literally trying out for inside the NFL as a commentator. Then, like, on his and then is on his couch and basically like gets like, get hey, do you want to come play quarterback for the Browns? Right, but just like that's where he was at, and. You know, you uh, comparing, you know, doing Kurt Warner comparisons, like uh, a couple people doing that with other quarterbacks right now. Like, here's a comparison, like Kurt Warner was in a grocery store that he was throwing passes like this guy was trying out for TV. He was trying to be us. And now he's like, you know, going to start a playoff game as a quarterback. So the story is a 10 out of 10. He's an incredibly likable player. And which is, again, actually matters in this award because this award's made up. And then the other thing that he has going for him is recency bias is a huge part of awards he's gonna start every game the rest of the like again however even however we feel about him now you're gonna feel better about him in two weeks you're gonna feel better about him in five weeks it's gonna age really well as he has aged a lot and uh so it just it's a really interesting bet now it's gotten partly because of me it's been bet down a lot but he's a very interesting candidate in the market thursday will be interesting i'm the joker i'm all in on not hamlin and i got all these guys cooking now well i'm I'm with you now on we're hashtag we're both wacko for Flacco right now. I got the crew in on it too, a couple of them. So now we're really all in on it. Merry Christmas, everybody. Yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, you filthy animals and a happy new year. Yeah. Uh, on the other side, the whale capper Drew Dinsick will join us. Drew will give us his bets for Monday Night Football. Thoughts on week 15 in the National Football League next. You better you bet with Nick and the Joker. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Here they come again. Flag down at the line of scrimmage as the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey, who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. This is, a, this is not a designed play. Kelsey's 
always looks around as if he's a quarterback, and he does this. And I can't believe it. I think it's coming back. Number 19, offense, lined up in the neutral zone. Wow. Five-yard penalty. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. I love all the people about Nats and Romo with the call on CBS yesterday, all the people that are, like, shocked that that happened. Oh, can't believe the referees threw that flag. As a Giants fan, I got, like, 18 texts right after that play. It was like, oh, like, happy we got rid of Kadarius Tony. Like, wow, like, oh, Kadarius Tony, boneheaded play? Never seen that before. Also, he was like five yards off sides. Also, like, piss off all the complainers. And uh, Bill's Futures, let's go. Let's go, baby. Uh, the whale capper, Drew Dinsick, will join us in just a moment here, giving us uh, thoughts on Monday Night Football, the doubleheader tonight, Week 15 in the NFL. But to remind our live audience, Ken and I will get back to our handicap of the games coming up this weekend in the National Football League. And we will go to Foxborough in 20 minutes to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs now at 8-5, and five, visiting Bailey Zappi and the New England Patriots. All our bets for tonight coming up in the final hour, power hour of the program. But joining us right now, as he always does on Magnificent Football Mondays, and we love having him on the show, it's our good friend, the whale capper, Drew Densick, uh, betting analyst for our friends at NBC Sports, co-host of the Deep Dive podcast along with our friend Andy Molitor. We encourage people to check out both of those endeavors and follow Drew on Twitter at whale underscore capper. My friend, welcome back to the show. It's Nick and Ken. How's it going? Oh, thank you. It was great to be with you guys as always. Marvelous Football Monday. And uh, yeah, the weekend that was, uh, was awesome. Uh, we were just talking about it off the air, but uh, NFL bets basically all went my way. Uh, I think the only loser I had was Rams money line, uh, which was oh so close. But uh, yeah, I took a, took a, a ton of, you know, ton of strong positions and this late in the season you never really know how it's going to go the betting market was not kind i had some a pretty aggressively negative clv on a couple of plays like i think i had under 41 and a half in the browns i mean yeah in the uh bears uh bears game that closed like 44 or 45 <laughs> and uh, uh that was my worst clv of the entire season so far got there by the hook thanks to the uh, uh lions sputtering at the end there but uh yeah no it's 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 uh it's good to have a winning week this late in the season when markets are uh you know relatively sharp and uh yeah feels feels pretty great today well, uh, the two Monday night games. Not sure if, <clears throat> not sure if you have a maybe some more strong positions late in the season. Maybe on either of these games, which you can which you can share with us. I'm always looking for a strong position. I have all over the place. We've had some interesting line movement in both games too. Uh, Miami got bet a bunch yesterday, like out to 14. That's still basically the same number. A couple 13 and a halfs. And then the Packers Giants game. Interest in the Giants. Well, it's been interest in the Giants all week, but interest in the Giants again today, where all the sixes are gone. Now you're looking at a board of entirely five and a half. So the Packers just a five and a half point favorite. Total still 37. Any thoughts on either of tonight's games uh, before we look ahead to next weekend? Yeah, I didn't bet either of these because I was pretty close to market. And uh, the one I was kind of staring the closest at was seeing how low this uh, Tennessee-Miami total was going to go before playing some over. Um, and typically in a standalone game like this, like if you're going to, you know, if you're going to get in-game action if you're going to get halftime action like you have to be a little bit more price sensitive and uh didn't quite get to the point where i wanted to get involved with the over there but uh i have the dolphins circled as a little bit of um just a team to watch in terms of uh betting market being a little bit too sure that these guys are world beaters um 14 points is obviously a massive spread in any nfl game and uh you know considering the injury status with the titans i get 
why the Dolphins would be installed as such huge favorites. Um, but uh, the Dolphins have had a couple of kind of sneaky, quiet, significant injuries on defense lately. Like if you just look at their defensive numbers since Jalen Ramsey come back, has come back, it tells you that the Dolphins defense is a top three unit in the NFL. And maybe they are, but uh, I think in the absence of Jalen Phillips and now uh, having lost Baker, who's you know linebacker who had 700 plus very good snaps for them this year, uh, there is a chance you start to see this uh, Miami Dolphins defense uh, regress a hair. Uh, I'm hopeful that Dolphins just kind of take care of business in this one and that um, we get this, uh, you know, the uh, week 15 market kind of becomes widely available with the Dolphins as close to two touchdown favorites over the Jets because I very much like the Jets if that's uh, what ultimately manifests there. So um, I'm hoping that there's not something weird that happens in this game that really kind of nukes that market before I get a chance to get some Jets. Uh, by the way, uh, Dolphins at some places now, bet MGM still hanging 14. 13 and a half have started to pop here for the Miami Dolphins in the game tonight against the Tennessee Titans. By the way, like I, I kind of agree with what you said about the Jets. I think that number's like a little too big for next week. Ken and I won't talk about that game until tomorrow because Miami is playing tonight. So that's Whale's thoughts on the two Monday night football games, any bets that he likes. Uh, well, let's turn our attention to the games coming up on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday as the NFL continues its pursuit of dominating every single day of the week my friend as it stands right now what is your favorite look for week 15 in the national football league and why oh well if we get if we get uh even 11 and a half uh with the jets that would be my favorite side next week um i'm nowhere close uh to double digits there um only bet i've gotten in so far is under 38 and a half in chicago cleveland um don't understand why this one's not one of the sort of typical low 30s type of games uh the bears defense if you didn't know they've been a buy 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 uh for what going on four weeks now like you know the montez sweat trade certainly kind of gave them a little bit of extra juice but this unit has just been playing up uh since about week six their run defense is among the best if not flat out the best in the nfl uh and now you have a, a browns team that's bringing joe flacco and you know is is lost another tackle to a season-ending injury uh, into a contest where I think both defenses can absolutely flex. Uh, Justin Fields drawing dead against this Cleveland Browns defense. I think the Browns defense is, at, particularly at home, uh, is an extremely tough challenge for this Bears offense, which has been a little bit spotty since Fields has returned. I know they put up a decent uh, scoreline yesterday, but ultimately that was aided by some pretty weak defense from the uh, Lions combined with uh, some really, really favorable field position and some turnover luck. So, um, you know, this one has every whiff of Browns 13 to 10 for me. So under 38 and a half was uh, my uh, my first bet uh, of the week and uh, favorite total, at least as current numbers sit. Hopefully it's a uh, 13, 10 Browns uh, led by comeback player of the year, Joe Flacco. And that game would be, would be really outstanding for the, for the positions as, uh, as Demar Hamlin DNPs against the Dallas Cowboys would be really outstanding. Well, we'll see. I'm the Joker. I really am. I just, it's, this is going to drive me nuts the whole rest of the season. I can't help it. So I just embrace what you are, you know, right. That's where I'm at right now. Uh, well, one of the, one of the results we had yesterday, well, a pair of results we had yesterday. So kind of like the big three in the NFC, like, again, we continue this round Robin where they play each other. Niners, like, mm -hmm. 
don't like steamroll Seattle for a while, but like kind of put them away late, score a lot of points in the game against Seattle. And Drew Locke actually like pretty good accounting of himself, but Seattle, uh, San Francisco wins rather. And Dallas beats Philadelphia Sunday night, which means the Niners are the one going forward. Obviously, like the schedules down the stretch will determine the seeding. The futures market has responded by in a lot of places installing the Niners as like a pretty prohibitive favorite to win the Super Bowl, like a separation between the Niners and everybody else. So I think like, I hope we can agree. I mean, I would think we would agree like the Niners are the most likely team to win the Super Bowl. That's not really like a point of discussion right now, even though it could be in a couple of weeks. Who is the second most likely team to win the Super Bowl right now? I think it's the Ravens. <clears throat> and I think it's because the Ravens have the clear. They play in the two weeks, seed. obviously, too. On, on Christmas yeah. night, right. the Niners and the Ravens Christmas play night. two weeks from today. Yeah. Yeah, and not to like totally spoil the uh, the Dak uh, Prescott party that I know Lockie is already like sending out invites for. Uh, oh, I've been hedging. I, I, Don't worry. I think big uh, hedges going. I, yeah, I cur- I currently think the MVP is a three man race. Uh, I think it's Dak Purdy and uh, Lamar, and I think uh, you know Dallas is red circled for me this week as a potential letdown against the Bills. Then they got to go up against the Dolphins, who they don't match up with well defensively. Uh, so Dol- you know, the 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 Cowboys realistically need to win these two games, I think, uh, to get Dak to you know to kind of concrete that. Uh, favorite status um, and a loss against the Bills, and particularly loss where Josh Allen like outplays him would be bad news for uh, for for Dak. And then at that point, I think Lamar Purdy head to head Christmas night. That's probably your decider for the MVP. That's kind of just you know I'm I'm looking crystal ball-y and I get that like there's Lamar has work to do in the statistical categories. Like he's way, 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 way behind. Um, but if you didn't notice, he had the best game of any player who stepped on the field yesterday. Um, obviously week 14 still has to finish, uh, you know, to, to could put up a, a more impressive EPA number, I guess. But, um, I think, um, there were signs against the Rams where you can see that, yes, there's maybe some, potential that the Ravens defense is overrated, but they're still very, very well coached and they have a ton of depth. Uh, But the offense is something that I was never really sold on all season. This is like, you know, it it came in like fits and spurts. It had moments where it just really, they couldn't get the, they couldn't put games away. Like there was some clunkiness in the offensive, you know, the the rushing efficiency at times. It wasn't clear that they even knew who their best back, you know, was for, for kind of getting the hard yard at times. And Lamar hasn't been playing that well, albeit he's winning football. So, you know, I kind of wasn't sold on the Ravens offense, but yesterday put a lot of those concerns to rest. Uh, And I think there is a decent opportunity here with them coming down the stretch, even without Mark Andrews. If Odell Beckham Jr. plays as well as he played yesterday for the remainder of their games, uh, he's going to be an impact player. Uh, Lamar Jackson, obviously, very, very, very strong vibe and with uh, um, uh, Zay Flowers. And uh, if the offense is unpredictable because they're using these new weapons and you know wide receivers at this time of year, like there's not tape on how do you stop the Ravens, uh, that is potentially a problem for everybody else in the AFC. So it's taken me an absolute lo- you know, lifetime to get to believing that the Ravens can do anything in the AFC. But uh, I think that's your one seed, which makes them the most likely to be in the Super Bowl. Um, as things currently stand. 
You better, you better hear with Nick and Ken on a Monday. Talking right now with the Whale Capper Drew Dinsick from NBC Sports and the Deep Dive Podcast on Twitter at Whale underscore Capper. Well, we'd like to get your thoughts on the three Saturday games for people that would love interest in betting them, a.k.a. 100% of our audience. Um, even if you don't have any bets on these games, just like have you had to pick something, what would it be? Bengals laying three and a half against the Vikings. Total there is 39. We expect Nick Mullins to start for Minnesota. Indy in between a two and a half and a three-point home favorite against Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers. Total there is 42. And then the Lions out to a five-point favorite on Saturday night against Russ and the Broncos. Total is 46 and a half. Have like 90 seconds for this one, and then uh, we'll close with something else. But thoughts on the Saturday games here and any bets you might have. Yeah, so Jake Browning and the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> Jake, Jake Browning had the second-best performance of any quarterback in the NFL yesterday after Lamar Jackson, which is absolutely insane. It was not entirely because of uh, the Colts' defense, although they definitely helped. Um, I am surprised that he's uh, only asking – you're only asking him to lay three-and-a-half here against Minnesota, who has no offense to speak of right now. Minnesota getting it done almost entirely on defense and almost entirely with the defense that, uh, you know, kind of preys on, you know, pressure – uh, being the fact, you know, blitzing and pressure being the factor. And uh, for what it's worth, Cincinnati's at full strength in the offensive line. Their weapons are fully healthy, and they are a nightmare matchup against the secondary for Minnesota. So I think Cincinnati's going to score there. I would lean uh, laying the points with the Bengals, and, you know, we'll check up some injury information on the Cincinnati defense, which is pretty bad, uh, before finally getting involved. Uh, similarly, Pittsburgh coming into this one without uh, T.J. Watt and uh, Alex Highsmith, apparently. those you know th- That's your last two pass rushers for the Steelers. Um, they've already got a bunch of issues with their linebacking core in terms of health and effectiveness, so um, I get why the Colts are two-and-a-half-point favorites, and I get why this total is 41-and-a-half, even though Pittsburgh's offense has been such a, a colossal disappointment this year. Indianapolis plays so fast fast though that that is a uh, if Watt is limited or unavailable because of the concussion fiasco then uh, the 41 and a half is probably two and a half points too low so that is an over or pass and it's a Colts or pass uh, based on sort of the uh, the injury information coming in on Pittsburgh uh, and then Denver Detroit there was a big old uh, big old fat bet on Detroit today this was like three and a half and it's out to five okay if you feel like that confident in the Lions you know Best of luck to you. Um, this Lions defense is just flat out bad. Um, they were, you know, getting by at times with a little bit of creative pass rush with, uh, you know, Alan McNeil and and uh, Aiden Hutchinson at the beginning portion of the season. McNeil now on IR. Hutchinson is like his his quality of play has regressed aggressively, uh, and the secondary can be picked on by you know basically average receivers are picking on them. I think Cortland Sutton has potential for a huge game, uh, and you have a better uh, you know good a good scheming coach who kind of takes uh, you know solid lessons from the, what's on film, and there's now a, a pretty clear blueprint about how you beat the Lions. So uh, Denver, if this if this continues to trend five and a half, I'm seeing now. Uh, I think this is pretty obviously I might end up getting involved in the Broncos again, which I didn't think was possible because like you you assume they get bet every week. They keep winning every week. Like there's got to be a high point on their price. But, you know, if the people are that confident that the Lions are the side here, then I, I might be Broncos this week, which is wild. Well, five seconds. Favorite NBA bet for tonight. Ooh, uh, Nuggets first quarter in my account and that. But Kings oh, for the yeah. full game minus four and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so Kings for the full game and Nuggets in the first quarter. Love that. Uh, Drew is on Twitter at whale underscore camper, betting analyst for NBC Sports, co-host of the Deep Dive podcast. My friend, we sincerely appreciate the time. Good luck with all the bets. Stay well, and we'll catch up with you next week here on the show. Thanks, guys. Best of luck to you as well.
the great Drew Densick, the Whalecapper, joining oh, us here so on You Better, You Bet. Well, I they, really like and then, and then you have Then yeah. you have a preview of Ken's yeah. NBA bets for tonight. Coming up next, yeah. more Week 15 handicapping from Nick and Ken. You Better, You Bet. I mean, obviously tough to swallow. I mean, not, not only for, for me, but just for football in general. I mean, just to take away greatness like that. I mean, for a guy like Travis to make a play like that. And who knows if we win. As I know as fans, you want to see the guys on the field decide the game. And that's why last week I didn't say anything about the flag. They didn't get called on the Marquez. And so, I mean, I, it, I mean they're human men. They make mistakes. But, I mean, I'm, it's every week we're talking about something and – all I can do is go out there and give everything I have, and I'm proud of the guys because that's what we did, and it was a great football game that ended another great football game that just ended like that. It's just tough, tough to swallow. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. That the voice of Kansas City Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes whining and moaning after his team lost yesterday. Also, like Kadarius Tony was offside by about nine yards. But, you know, whatever. Can't let the rules get in the way of, uh, you know, a, a good story and complaining like he was yesterday. Also, just like, shut up, man. I'll, we'll talk more about this tomorrow. Hashtag slap segment for Kansas City and Buffalo. Uh, Ken and I touched on Patrick Mahomes' complain gate earlier in the show. If you missed it, just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, this is our final segment for the day on Stadium. And if you want to check out the final hour of the show, I would recommend it. We'll give you all our bets for tonight, including our bets for the Monday Night Football doubleheader. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL at the conclusion of this fine segment. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL. Uh, Ken, let's spin it forward now for Kansas City as they travel to New England to take on the Patriots. The uh, the one time kings of complaining and that what everyone hated when they complained about the officials when Tom Brady was in town. And look, that's what happens when you're great, right? When you complain, no one wants to hear it. Mahomes is the best player on the planet. Also, shut up. Uh, Kansas City visits New England. Chiefs in desperate need of a win. And the Patriots with maybe some good vibes right now. Coming off the Thursday night upset of the Steelers in Pittsburgh with Bailey Zappi. Kansas City, Ken, and we had this conversation on Friday. It's like no surprise that this is where we're at. Worth noting, this open nine and a half and has now been bet up to Kansas City, a 10-point road favorite at Bailey Zappi, Bill Belichick, and the Patriots. The total in the game is 30. It's a Patrick Mahomes game, and the total starts with a three. 37 and a half is your total here. Can pen, pencil, blood, or blank? This is not exactly Mahomes against Brady, Mahomes against Zappi. Thoughts here on the Chiefs and the Patriots? Yeah, this is um, this is not a game where I have a strong betting opinion. Uh, we've done a couple games already where I, I feel like I like stuff, and, uh, and this one I don't. And part of the reason for that is, well, I, I agree that the Chiefs should be favored. I agree it should be more than a touchdown. Um, but when you get the Chiefs and it's more than a touchdown, it is a little tricky, right? Because you're like, should they be should they be nine and a half against most teams? Probably not anymore. Um, they had inability to win games by margin, let teams hang around or beat them. Uh, inability to cash in in the red zone in a lot of situations. Like these create close games, all these attributes that they have now. Uh, they're a very injured team right now versus how they were like a month ago or two months ago. So it just it's like a lot of knocks on them. And there's still nine and a half by the, on the board in a lot of places. But to your point, like we're kind of between two numbers right now. It's just like, I guess the, my, my biggest problem in this game, I still think I, I kind of know what Kansas City is. And maybe it's like a lesser version of what it's been. But I still like I feel like I have some idea in my head of what I think they are and how I'd rate them like the half that Bailey Zappi played 
Is it is the are the Patriots going to be more like the first half against the Steelers or the second half against the Steelers? Is it Bailey Zappi and he's on fire and he's chucking the ball all over the field and they're actually generating explosive plays, which they've never done the entire season? Or is it the second half when they look like how they look in every single other game? Brutal. Um, can, I, can I amend that I question think, that you just asked, Ken? Is it is it the I first half the against half. the Steelers? Or yeah. is it the entire every other half the entire or is it the season, season? Not just that half yeah. the Or is it the season? season? I think it's I think it's just the first half of the Steelers is like Watt gets hurt, Highsmith gets hurt, and like it's just a weird kind of a half and and for like twenty minutes he's really good. And uh and I still think they're brutal. So if I think they're brutal, then I have to agree with this. Then I have to think that this is like about close to what we're supposed to be. And um but like, you know, am I would I ever like you know, take the Chiefs' money line at minus 500 or, like, bet on them to do really well. And I think they're very likely to win. I just – I don't really disagree with the market on this game. I was trying to talk myself into, you know, can the Patriots play a really low-scoring, grindy game and can they kind of, like, do what some teams have done to the Chiefs, make them not score in the red zone a lot? Uh, maybe. Just um, – there's just a big difference between, like, you play the Chargers and you don't score. You play the Steelers and you have a good half. It's the, it's, and the Chiefs can be not as good. There's still a huge difference between the two teams I just mentioned and that team. And it's just like it's an A-level opponent. Like I, I I would I would be skeptical of their ability to hang against an opponent like that. Yeah, and like, you know, Buffalo's offense is really good, obviously. Kansas City, yeah. like they, they obviously they race out to the 14-0 lead. The Bills offense does nothing the rest of the game. Like a couple of Tyler Bass sure. field goals from there. The Chiefs defense is still awesome. Um and look, like, to Ken's point, like, Zappi played really well in the first half last week, not taking that away from him. And look, and maybe the Patriots get Pop Douglas back in this game and Devontae Parker back. Also, it's like, it's the Chiefs' defense. And then on the flip side, Kansas City's offense is unable, like, to, I, I, I don't know if, like, the switch is ever going to get flipped for this offense at this point. I think they desperately right. need Pacheco back for a power run element of this offense here. And, you know, like, what's Bill going to do in this game? He's going to take away Kelsey, like, or Rasheed Rice. Like, maybe he lets Kelsey beat him and just doesn't let Rice beat him, and they do nothing on the outside the entire game. I, I can't believe I'm saying this in a game quarterback by Patrick Mahomes. Is this total to like? Is the only reason this total is not in the low thirties is because Patrick Mahomes is one of the quarterbacks? Is the total actually too high? So the the like uh, the Patriots. To be fair, let me bring up something real quick. Like the I think everyone knows by now that the I just got an interesting NBA push notification. Uh, the the Patriots defense has. I think gotten like a lot of credit the last few weeks. And when people have talked up, like even the six, nothing game, right. Where they lose to the chargers. It's like now, nah, but like every week, like the defense shows up in a big spot. And like, that's like, that's how it goes. I'm just like looking at their schedule right now. And it's, it's, we're at the point in the season where you can't go like all the way back to week one and draw a conclusion. Like players have been injured. Like, like Matthew Judon and Christian Gonzalez were on the team the first few weeks. Like it's not, it's not the same thing. It's just worth noting, like in this run where the defense has kept them in games, like the opponents, it's like Washington at home, Indianapolis at home at the giants, the chargers at home, the Steelers, like that's not, even though the chiefs aren't the number one offense, they're not that like, they're not that. And to be fair, the Patriots had a monster defensive rating last season, like a top five DVOA team in defense. Some of their metrics were outstanding. Like, they really, like, you look on a piece of paper, you go like, man, are they like one of the best defenses in the league? But that was all generated by games against bad teams. That was all of that rating was generated by the games where it's like, say, played Sam Ellinger in the Colts last year and basically, like, ran up 
a defensive score that held on for a month to be like a top five defensive rating. So the idea was like, okay, what happens when they actually play the good teams? And they beat the Bills, but the Bills were able to score on them. The Dolphins were able to score on them. Like it's just, and that's re, that's the second Dolphins meeting too. That doesn't even have to be like the meeting in week two on Sunday Night Football. Just like it's okay to be skeptical. I think that this is some like great defense. Yeah, when they're playing a team like Thursday Night Trubisky or some of the other teams on their schedule. Yeah, like play the Jets. Yeah, absolutely. Low scoring, close game. Like the defense, the scheme can hold, and they're you know a great strategist. Obviously, they play teams like this even. Because it's like, as much as we crap on the Chiefs offense, I haven't, I haven't looked at the updated like DVOA stuff or anything. I mean, they're still probably like eighth or something. I mean, they're still probably really good. I mean, they're like their ratings last uh, entering this week were not particularly bad in any category. They were a top 10 team in like every offensive metric. So there's still there's still a big difference, I guess, is my point in the competition. Even if we don't like the Chiefs offense, even if they struggle in the red zone, even if all those things are true. And again, like I just it's long winded because I say all that and it's like that means I just agree with this. That means that's like this is just this is fine for me, and uh, and I think they're likely to win by margin, and so does the market. Yeah, I think nine and a half. I'd be interested in Kansas City at ten. I just think like it's perfect. Probably the point spread is just right. Um, actually, saying that, I don't, I don't know. I guess I would consider taking ten and a half with the Patriots, but I think this is just right. We literally talked about this on Friday being the right number in the game or the number that we thought it was likely to be. Um, so we can move on past this game for now. We'll talk about it more over the course of the week. Uh, you better, you better hear with Nick and Ken handicapping Week 15 in the NFL. We'll be off Stadium in a couple minutes, so if you're watching on Stadium, twitch.tv backslash betql for the final hour, the power hour. I'll make my analysis of this next game, Ken, pretty quick. Uh, it's the Fa- the Falcons and the Panthers in Carolina. So at BetMGM right now, Atlanta is in between a three and a three and a half point road favorite. The total in the game is thirty five. Uh, I'll I'll eat the juice and I'll lay three with Atlanta like right now. Uh, and it's less also like Atlanta. <laughs> the box score for yesterday is really funny against Tampa. I don't I don't know how they lost. I guess because like Ritter makes bad mistakes and Arthur Smith's a total moron. Um, but in any event. Carolina is so bad. I think Bryce Young is totally shell shocked, or he's terrible. Like one of the two. If it's gonna be just three, like I'm gonna bet Atlanta in the game. And if I lose, so be it. And or if I push, so be it. I'll tip the cap. Uh, I'll be on Atlanta in this game if this is what the number is gonna be. And my expectation is this is gonna move. So I actually think I'm gonna bet this like maybe in the next commercial break. Yeah, it's really interesting. A lot of discussion. I think I feel like already among uh, people that I talk to or whatever about like, hey, what do you make of this Atlanta point spread? Like, does it seem short because Carolina's so bad? And I go, yeah, like, I, I think, you know, three and a half makes a lot of sense, too. And there's a big difference between three and three and a half in a low scoring game, too. So I, I get that. And you, I, I agree with you. I think it's likely the number's likely to move out in that direction. Um, there's still, like, something interesting that's materialized. And maybe none of this, maybe Carolina's so bad that any other form of analysis is irrelevant. They're just that bad. Like it doesn't doesn't matter who the other team is. Doesn't matter who the other quarterback is. Doesn't matter what the splits are and where we're playing and what phase of the moon we're in or whatever. Like Bryce Young's so bad, who cares? And just lay the points. Uh, sort of like if uh, Tim Boyle was going to keep starting a quarterback for the Jets. Like it doesn't doesn't yeah, nothing really matters. So just like um, maybe that's it. Also, like I look at these Desmond Ritter road games and I just go like. This is this is a train wreck. I mean, this is like as bad as it can possibly get for a quarterback who's not very good anyway. Now, maybe that doesn't matter, but like three on the road is like a reasonable amount of credit for a team to get in a situation. And they're a pretty average team and he's a pretty brutal road quarterback. 
So now I'm like, maybe three was the right number. Like, maybe that actually is it. Like, two and a half, like, no shot. We'd all bet Atlanta. Like, I think we'd all be in good in the game. Three, three and a half. I think you have an interesting discussion here. But I do, so I don't have a bet on the game. I do agree with you, though, that this, there's one three and a half on the board already. There are a lot of three one tens. Again, if it's just about the best of the number, I totally agree with you on, like, laying three, and you're probably in good on Sunday versus whatever the close is going to end up being. So, and I, I literally just bet one while Ken was talking, a three minus one ten. Yeah. Um, do you, so I think you're getting CLV. Through. I don't know if you're going to win, but I think you're getting CLV. And again, just to reiterate, just to reiterate my points here, like if, if I lose my bet on Falcons minus three to Carolina, so be it. Yeah. Like I'm okay yeah. with the outcome because I, I he's really terrible about the bet. Yeah. Or he shell shocked or he's, or maybe or both. both. Ah, some of yeah. these misses are terrible. Twitch.tv backslash BetQL for the final hour power hour. It'll feature all our bets for tonight. Coming up next. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network.